Quiet on the set. Action. And welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, a production of Hot Chocolate Media, where we make up a movie for you really fast based on a random suggestion from the internet. I'm joined by three of the Hollywood elite today. I have our writer, Matt Kesson, who is Nicolas Cage's accountant. Mm-hmm. I have our director, Jeff Gillen, who is Louis Black's therapist. And we have our producer, Kyle Decker, who is Nathan Lane's sweat manager. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey. Glad to be here. Thank you. And I have a story for us here. The theme of this story, humorous mystery. The main characters are a hysterical peddler, an atheistic comic. The start of the story is a premonition. The end of the story is war. All right, I will pass it off to Matt. You have three minutes. I'd like to pitch to you a film I've been writing, and I'd like to thank Mr. Cage for this opportunity to meet with you gentlemen, called Guanji Unchained. It is a gritty Tarantino-esque remake of The Valley of Guanji. It starts with a hysterical peddler um, who, uh, down down on her luck, I, we're going to go with a female lead for this one, named, uh, named Genevieve Gill, and Genevieve Gill visits a gypsy woman in... Tijuana, and uh, which is unexplained, but that's part of the mystery. Um, and the gypsy woman tells Genevieve that there is a magical land far off to the south where the dinosaur Guanji lives. Well, from there, Genevieve, whose name I almost forgot just now, tries to bring together a band of people to go and uh, and discover the Valley of Guanji because, frankly, the hysterical peddler business isn't what it had used to be. So, um, she recruits um, Stephen Three Faces, a comedian of the Arapaho people, who are in this movie a tribe of comedians. I think this is really going to be really going to reach out to a, to to a lot of audiences. Um, Stephen Three Faces believes in Genevieve's uh, vision, or rather, Genevieve's gypsy woman who appears in the beginning and never again. Um, that vision, and so they make their way to the titular Valley of Guanji. Um, Stephen Three Faces is. Uh, Especially eager to do this because he, he has been um, sent out from his tribe. He has been exiled from his tribe because he does not believe in the tribal religion. So they go to the Valley of Gwangi and um, pick up a uh, comic sidekick that is a baby uh, Deinonychus. It is a feathery Deinonychus because I want real, serious, scientific accuracy in Gwangi Unchained, the story of 
a gypsy premonition. So anyway, they go to the valley, and uh, and the valley is full of eight people, and the eight people are shocked to learn about the outsiders and declare war on them. And uh, and I really want to challenge the audience by taking what has originally been you know this really light sort of comedy thing with the hilarious sidekick and all that sort of thing, and in the end it turns into a nightmarish war movie. Thank you. Okay. So, Jeff, you've got a script on your desk for Guanji Unchained. Yes. And you've got uh, a, a gypsy premonition leading our main characters to a valley full of apes and dinosaurs. What do you think? What, mm. uh, how are we going to make this movie interesting? Hmm. Well, my first thought is, uh, you said it starts out in Tijuana, correct? Mm. Uh, I'm thinking Tijuana is just very difficult to, to shoot in at this time of year, so we're going to have to... Shoot somewhere else and dress it as Tijuana. Uh, I'm thinking Puerto Rico or somewhere Caribbean like that. I'm thinking Kim Cattrall for the main uh, Genevieve character. Uh, the story as it speaks to me just speaks as a character who, who has more experience with life. Someone who has seen it all uh, and now wants to see more. Uh, and... Someone who is willing to go on this journey, but I, I, I think I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing it phrased as a journey near the end of her life. A journey to define everything that has come before. Uh, Stephen Three Faces just seems like a very interesting character to me. I, I feel that Stephen Three Faces could be Asian? John Cho, perhaps? Or would that be too racially charged? I'm not sure. I'd have to come back to that one. Um, I do like the idea of Stephen Three Face's background. I mean, how did he get that name? How did he get exiled from his tribe? I'm seeing a, a, a subplot, something perhaps set in uh, the Arctic. I'm seeing a very uh, cold climate in my head where Stephen finds three stone structures, three pillars representing the three gods of his ancient religion and speaks to each of them in turn and learns what they have to tell him. And finally, I love the idea of the, uh, the baby uh, Didonicus. 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 Uh, extensive CGI, motion capture, Andy Circus, the works. I want that to be amazing. I want that to be what's on the poster, what people come to see this movie for. I can see that selling this movie. All right. So, Kyle, you've got a, a script, and you've got some uh, initial casting notes for a, a Guanji Unchained movie with Kim Cattrall and maybe John Cho and Andy Serkis and some motion capture gear playing uh, Deinonychus. What do you think? How are we going to get this movie made? Well, I was hoping I'd get something better than a monster movie after crawling under the piles and piles of sponges of my job working for Nathan Lane, but... I, I will take this, a break's a break, even if it is a dinosaur movie. You know, Jurassic Park was Jurassic Park was moderately popular, so I think we can run with this. Kim Cattrall, what are you, John Carpenter in the 1980s? Come on now. Uh, we're going to go with someone, I like the idea of someone funny with comedic timing and all. Let's go with someone, you know, people under the age of 40 have heard of. So we're going to go with Amy Poehler in that role. Um, she's got, we know she's got the comedic chops. Uh, the new Ghostbusters movie is doing really well, so we know female comedians are hot right now in the marketplace. So we're gonna Amy Poehler. We're gonna give her a shot, feature film lead. Let's see what she does with it. Um, 
I don't feel like facing the internet Tumblr backlash of casting an Asian person in a Native American role. Uh, so we're, uh, I don't know if you remember the great Native American character actor Russell Means. Uh, very outstanding. He has a son who's an actor. He's mostly done stunt work, but he's, he's an actor of some regard and he's done smaller movies. Uh, Tatanka Means. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his first name right. But he's Russell Means' son, so we know, you know, he's got the Native American cred. He's kind of, you know, uh, film royalty, if you will, in a character actor kind of sense. So he'll go with the rules. I'm totally fine with Andy Serkis. No one's better in the business at mocap than him. Uh, if we want to do some Alan Tudyk, too, we have both of the top, you know, even we can throw in Doug Jones as well. We can get the whole trifecta of the top mocap character actor kind of people to be all our dinosaurs. We can get those trio. Um, with those three and the names we have, I think Amy Poehler is not going to cost a whole lot, but she won't be, you know, we can't pay her, you know, scratch either. And, and, and Mr. Means will we'll pay him well, befitting a, a male lead role. So we're going to set this at a, you know, we want the, the special effects to be solid to kind of draw people in. I like where this is going as far as the story. I just want to make sure you have the right actors to pull off the writer's vision, which I think I've given you those actors with the budget. We're going to give you an overall budget of $75 million for this film. So it's enough, like, definitely can pay the actors well, leaves plenty for, for some, some solid practical and digital effects in post-production. And then we're going to... We're gonna market the crap out of this on Twitter and other social media. We're gonna do a whole, we're gonna make little stinger shorts and everything and do kind of a whole guerrilla marketing campaign. We're gonna make like uh, travel logs and guides and tickets people can take to this Valley of Guanji and uh, just have fun with it. Yeah, that's what I got. All right, so Matt, you've got some money coming in. You've got some uh, some big names attached. You've got uh, some revisions that are being made here. How are we going to finish this thing up? How are we going to get it done? Well, I just wanted to say that, I mean, writers have a reputation in Hollywood for, you know, not liking the changes that are made to their scripts by directors and producers. But I just wanted to say that the stuff I've been hearing as far as the, the alterations to it, I am almost inappropriately excited by. I've been over here in the corner shuddering silently to myself in pure, unadulterated joy. Uh, I like very much the idea of getting, uh, I especially like getting uh, getting Doug Jones and uh, Alan Tudyk involved. That way we can have three sidekick baby Deinonychuses. I was thinking at first of um, having, them, uh, having them modeled after the three Stooges, um, but then I brought that to social media and nobody knew what I was talking about, so I then th had the idea of having them modeled after Tonto, Tarzan, and Frankenstein, but I brought that to social media and nobody knew what I was talking about. So, um... So I'm going to I, I need I need to workshop that just a little bit more, but we need we need a good triple dynamic for the CGI baby Dionysuses. Um I also, talking of social media, have been informed that deciding the Arapaho Nation is made up entirely of comedians would be regarded as offensive, which is an enormous surprise to me. But uh, but I'd I'd like to go ahead and and withdraw that and uh, just have have three faces be a a, a lone uh, comedian. Uh, from that, from from those people, um, and I apologize for any offense I may have given uh, up to this point. Um, 
Let's see. I'm glad. I was I was a little worried that there'd be some concern about having the first half be a light buddy comedy and then having the second half being a saving Pri- Private Ryan-esque war movie only with apes riding dinosaurs. Um, but uh, everybody seems to be on board and so I mean, I really think I really think that this sort of speaks to the zeitgeist. This is what America needs right now is apes riding dinosaurs attacking a hilarious peddler. So I'm happy with where we're going. Uh, one thing I would like to add is um, I think the president of the United States should be in it as a two-fisted action hero. I think I think this uh, this is just the movie for that. And by the president of the United States, I don't mean somebody playing the president of the United States. I mean the actual president of the United States. And so that, of course, will depend on uh, you know on the shooting schedule and uh, how much time you know and and who of course is the president i'm confident that either of the front runners will jump at the chance to be in this film and both of them i think can pull off the role of two-fisted action hero admirably so uh, that's the one thing i'd like to add at this stage but other than that i am completely thrilled with how all this is going all right so jeff you've got some more changes here you've got some more in-depth detail about the way that the story is going to shake out how are we going to Fill that vision. How are we going to make it happen the way that you you want it to happen? Well, I, I mean, I can't say I'm pleased with all the changes. Uh, Kim Cattrall was uh, definitely a personal choice, a uh, personal hero of mine, uh, and to see her go is it hurts. I, I can't not take it personally, but I think that there's still a role in here for her, perhaps as the gypsy woman in the beginning. Uh, that would be a, a fine role for a, an actress of her caliber. I just, I'm just a big fan. Uh, talking about the three uh, Didonicuses. Didonicae? Dinonicuses. Dinonicuses. There's an N in there. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, talking about what trends on social media, a trio, I'm thinking workaholics. Those three comedians, they're very big right now. They're very in. I'm thinking that these Didonicuses should talk. <laughs> yes. I see talking dinosaurs in this movie. Smart dinosaurs, thinking dinosaurs. Someone that uh, Genevieve and Stephen can can really connect with. Uh, and there's just so much funny in this movie. Everything that 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 I'm getting is just everyone is just so funny. Uh, I think that it might be doing Amy Poehler a disservice to have her playing so straight against uh, Means. I I didn't recognize the name of that gentleman, uh, Mr. Means. Or the workaholics gentlemen, I do know them, but... Amy Poehler playing straight almost seems to be doing a disservice to her. I'd like to go to the end of the movie. We talked a little bit about the uh, big war scenes at the end of the movie. I really am seeing something akin to a Halo match. You know, like like a a video game. Something akin to a lot of CGI, a lot of uh, high technology mixed with low technology. Um, Perhaps uh, Genevieve is bringing in laser pistols. From the uh, from the mainland and uh, arming some of the more intelligent dinosaurs with laser pistols to fight against some of the less intelligent dinosaurs, I'm seeing a spectacle, something huge uh, within the budget. Of course, I mean, 75 million is not a lot to work with. So I think the difficulty of this movie is going to be keeping things uh, within that budget, but still satisfying something that is Avatar esque, that is Star Wars esque. Uh, especially in this final uh, large battle scene. Uh, and I think it has to end with uh, Genevieve and Steven riding off into the sunset. On a dinosaur? Well, I think that's obvious. Oh, okay. 
Thank Maybe. you, yes. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted you even had to ask that question. You know, when I assume as a producer, that's when I just look like a, a fool, you know. All right, so Kyle, you've got some revisions. You've got some detailed changes happening here. What do you think? Well, I might have to ax the, the talking dinosaurs. Not because I think it's a dumb idea. I think it's an amazing idea. But we don't have big babe pig in the city money to pull that off. But instead, I'll meet you halfway. I like meeting people halfway. You can have each dinosaur can fart up to two times. So you can get a fart effect from each dinosaur. Put it in, just pepper the farts, dinosaur farts, into the, 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 the script as you will. Uh, as far as the, the dynamics, I mean, we we could just go with a very lame nostalgic throw. The audience digs that kind of crap. Nostalgia is just sells now. We can name the, the three dinosaurs Ringo, George, and John, if we will. Or we can name them Hogan, Randy, and Andre. We can do anything to really just, I don't care, just, just pick something from the 80s or 90s or the Beatles, which transcend time itself, and people go, I get that reference, huh? And then the audience feels smart, and they buy more tickets. Uh, that's how, If you make people feel smart by doing something stupid, it always goes well with the audience. I'm also going to have to axe laser pistols on the dinosaurs, because la I'm not, I'm not an, uh, 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 a paleontologist. That is the word I'm looking for. Uh, but I'm pretty sure dinosaurs don't have opposable thumbs. There's the one dinosaur with like the knife thumb. I forgot what it's called, but that's still not an opposable thumb. It's just a knife thumb. He's really good at hitchhiking, I suppose. Uh, instead, I, I will meet you halfway, and we'll give the dinosaurs laser helmets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to ask X your laser weaponry vision, but but we'll make them helmets because I can I can I can believe to me a dinosaur with a helmet's way more believable than a dinosaur with a pistol. I mean we, we don't want to we don't want to separate reality too much from this film because then the audience will lose the vision we're trying to to get across to them. Um, I, I I think a final battle is great. I think there should be I I think uh, we can throw in like we have the apes in the valley. There could be a group of apes that are trying to maybe kill the dinosaurs because they're territorial or whatever. And there's a group of friendly apes, you know, that they work together. And we we can use Doug, Alan, and uh, uh, Circus to do the apes too. Mocap. We'll just keep. We'll just have them mocap everything, and just to keep budget down, we just pay those three actors. We'll put them on set twelve hour days for like six weeks. But then those guys will be able to, you know, really sell up how good they are to the thing. But then there'll be a, 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 a tribe of the apes that want to work with the dinosaurs. So it's the dinosaurs, sympathetic apes and the dinosaurs versus the mad apes who enslave dinosaurs as their weapons kind of thing. So it's kind of freeing the enslaved dinosaurs and everything will be great. I'm going to have to ask the president because uh, I was uh, thrown out of a tour of the White House one time because I brought Nathan Lane with me and I had to dump a bunch of his sweat sponges in a bathroom and I inadvertently went to a space that the Secret Service had cordoned off and I was politely asked to leave by being thrown out into a paddy wagon with handcuffs and asked never to return. So I don't think we could get the actual president because of my reputation within the Secret Service. So I'm, I'm, that, that's my bad. If I wasn't the producer, you probably could have your president in the movie. But other than that, yeah. Nostalgia for the dinosaurs, laser helmets, okay. ape dinosaur battle at the end. I'm down. All right. Well, I'm inserting your data into the movie machine here. I'm going to pull the lever and insert a sound effect later. There it goes. All right. So, uh, we've got some results back. Uh, people are confused by this movie. <laughs> you, 
You, you don't make your money back, but people do go and see it. People like Amy Poehler. People like dinosaurs. Um, this people do go and see this movie. There's the trailers have enough interesting stuff to go see this movie. People are confused. Um, they're not exactly sure what the the message is or what the the resolution of the story is. Um, C. Robert Cargill describes it as two parts Jurassic World and one part the Native American answer to the Ten Commandments. It's a little bit bizarre. So, you haven't really made your money back, uh, but it's not universally despised, just mostly kind of, huh? So, you've, you've each got a couple minutes here to make some last minute reflections, or if there's a, a change that you wanted to make, see if you can't make a little bit more money right before it comes out, uh, or see if it's a, a better success. So, I'll pass it off to Matt first. <sighs> Honestly, well, I mean, I have a theory about this. For the most part, I was pleased with the actual final product, and in a lot of ways, I'm confused by its reception, why people didn't understand it. I mean, the, the laser helmets I thought were a good idea, the ape-dinosaur internecine fighting is, I, again, I think really what America was looking for. I was a little disappointed that the president uh, was next, and I because I think that would have spoken to people, but, uh, but I got through that. However, there is one thing that happened, that... I'm not happy about, um, and that I think is probably what led to the negative reaction and the confusion that this movie got, and that was the dictate that there be a maximum of two farts per baby Deinonychus. That is insane, a maximum of two farts. I mean, a minimum of six at best. Are we artists? Are we creators? What are we doing here? This, uh, I was happy with everything else, but this absolutely rapes my text, and I, I, it is, it is disgusting to me, a maximum of two farts. I am Nicolas Cage's accountant, and I know what farts on CGI characters cost, and I can tell you that we could have easily done 20 farts her character, and I think it would have been what this movie needed to capture the heart, the zeitgeist of America. All that said... I do have an early treatment of my uh, of my next film in which a wise wisecracking iguanodon hitchhikes across America and learns the true, true meaning of family. Thank you very much. Okay, so Jeff, you've got some uh, harsh words coming in from your writer just prior to release. Uh, what uh, what are you going to do to fix this movie up, or are you going to leave it as is and call it art? Well, I just can't leave it as is, you know. You can't just leave it as is. I mean, he has a point about the farts. Definitely. You can't deny that. But I think that the farts are not the problem with this movie. I really think the, uh, the relationship between Genevieve and Steven is really the key, the driving force through this whole movie. Uh, she is someone, Genevieve is someone that Steven looks to for guidance and support in such a trying time. When they're in the Guanji Valley, and they are camping out under the orange moon. That is such a powerful scene to me. Uh, the way that uh, I put down uh, the color filters in that scene took the longest time out of any scenes in the entire movie. And I think I might go back to it uh, if I'm given the chance to go back to the editing room on this movie. Because the colors in that scene are really representational. The orange being the representation of uh, Stephen's desire to find himself back in his tribe. And... Uh, Genevieve 
has the greens and the greenery in the trees uh, representing her desire to find uh, a companion to bring with her through the journey to the end of her life. So uh, if given the chance, I would really go back and tighten that emotional story between the two of them. All right. Anything else you want to add? Um, boy, I just really want to put uh, like a, a giant ladder somewhere just in the background, you know, for the Easter egg. Okay. All right, Kyle, any last-minute changes or anything else you think you can do to squeeze another dollar out of this one? Oh, I'm okay with adding new fart, more farts. We'll just let that one rip uh, and just go with it. Uh, we'll see how the audience responds. But, yeah, we'll just let the, the director add whatever more farts he wants. I don't care. Uh, farts are funny. People tell me. Grown immune to them working with Nathan Lane so much uh, that by now just farts are part of my everyday life. But whatever, apparently they're funny. I'll agree with that, I guess. Whatever. Um, as far as everything else, I, I mean, I've tried to dumb this movie down as much as I can for audiences so they wouldn't be confused, but they're, they're still confused, apparently. I mean, so what we're going to do is we're going to just punch up the trailers with as much of the action scenes as possible, and uh, I'll allocate another $10 million to do another three big action sequences with apes and dinosaurs fighting. That should, uh, you know, if anything, people will say, the movie's a little weird, but oh my gosh, goodness, those ape dinosaur scenes are amazing. Hopefully they'll just be gifts of that all over the internet. We'll have some ridiculous, you know, maybe some kung fu moves that some of the dinosaurs can do potentially. Uh, and just, you know, punch it up a little more action. We'll add a little more, $10 million for some more action. Uh, well, $8 million, another $2 million for another, like, media push at the end there kind of focusing on the action because it's like where else are you going to get a movie with Amy Poehler telling jokes amongst farting dinosaurs and ape dinosaur combat um, that is a niche that has not been filled in Hollywood and we're going to fill it but if over my dead body basically I'm not going to die but we're going to fill that niche anyway uh, yeah so yeah let it rip with all the farts uh, yeah I use that joke twice now because I'm terrible and uh, yeah that's fine that's, that's all I got. Okay. Well, your your movie does does a little bit better. It's, uh, you've smoothed out a few little things. Does a little bit better. Uh, see, Robert Cargill changes his review to uh, the best Jurassic World fan fiction that also has Amy Poehler in it. So I'll take that. Bad. Yeah, I'll take not that. Too bad. At least it's better than Land of the Lost. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. And we will end our episode as always with a quote. From our divine font of wisdom, the one and only Guy Fieri. I think anyone that grew up in the 70s and 80s grew up with Bob Barker and Wink Martindale, and I think that was just always, when you were a game show host, you were the man of the hour. <laughs> Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>